at SAFM with Ashraf Gardner. Yes, we go. Two hours of talking brand communications, media, marketing, advertising, PR, all year on the media show from 9 to 11 today, as we do every single Sunday. And as per usual, love your feedback. So if you feel like engaging with me, you can do so on the air. First choice, short, sharp calls. Welcome. 0891-104207. You have the option to SMS at 34701. 34701. You can tweet at Ashraf Garda. And also, if you aren't tweeting, use the hashtag media show. And also, on the program, uh, feel free at any stage if you wish to post an SMS or a tweet about uh, a brand win or a brand fail of the week and your choice for an ad of the week that's been flighted fairly recently that for you is like, wow, I just love this advert every time I see it. Uh, and I, I may just quote you and read some of those SMSs on the air later on. But let's start by something that's really important. Uh, so think about this. Um, we certainly, when, when we talk fashion, I think we have a sense of a South African fashion style, I think. When it comes to food, we, we do have that, don't we? And, and I can continue when we talk about, to, to a large degree, people talk about the, the style of our rugby team, uh, the three bucks that is there's a, there's a style there's a the cricketers have a certain style and and same on with the soccer team as well and i can move on to other sectors of society when people come here there's a sense of expectation in terms of how the country in that sector projects itself but what about journalism so if we apply the same principle to a unique style um that is just ours right can we in fact apply that to the field of journalism i think it's a fascinating thought uh, and whether we get any right or wrong answer i think is, is less important than it's going to get us thinking about it do we have a south african journalism style a unique style uh, yes no and if we don't are we working towards it should we be working towards it does it in fact really matter at all or is it just a whole lot of academic discussion we're going to have for today now I've got three guests. Matata Tedu is with me, who's the executive director of the South African National Editors Forum. Matata, good chatting to you once again. Hi. Hi, Ashraf. Good morning. Good. Always good talking to you. Janine Lazarus as well, who is the uh, owner of the Janine Lazarus Media Consultancy. Janine, hi. Good chatting to you. Janine, hi. I know she's in Swaziland. We'll try and reconnect with her in just a minute or two. Wellington Rado is the third guest, who's the head of programs at uh, Media Monitoring Africa. Wellington, good chatting to you. Hello. Good morning, Ashraf, and good morning to your listeners. Good, good morning, indeed. Now, I'll tell you what, Matata. For, uh, the reason for talking about this, ironically, is that Jimmy Matthews from the SABC wrote a piece in the uh, the newly launched journalism.org.za uh, platform or portal that's put together by the University of Free State. And some really great articles coming out of that particular portal. And we can't talk to him today. He's just not available. But what he did say, and I'm not going to run through the whole thing. Essentially, he's asking for that to say, why is it that... We talk of transformation, and that's one thing I think we all know is a given, but transformation is one thing. What, what about a style transformation? I mean, just when we cover the news, the way we cover it, how we do it, what's our reference points? And for me, and I made the point the other day, going to a school meeting the other day, um, and, and a certain person spoke about something, and four or five reference points he chose were all from, you know, USA, UK, Margaret, Margaret Thatcher, Roosevelt, uh, and a whole lot of other things that were sort of completely disconnected for me. So it gets me thinking, uh, Matata, maybe you can answer this first here. Do we have a unique South African journalism style? Well, maybe we should start by uh, saying what journalism is, uh, which is really the practice uh, through which um, people investigate, um, and report events and uh, issues and trends to a mass audience through whatever means, uh, <clears throat> whether it's digital, radio, television, or print. Uh, <clears throat> now, when when you do that, um, you do it following what I call universal tenets of journalism, which is really um, w 
what is your responsibility is to inform, to educate, and to entertain. Now, whether there is a South African brand of journalism Mm, mm. would depend on the issues that each country, for example, uh, uh, is faced with. Uh, If you take, uh, let's just take an example of Norway. Let's go far away. Norway or Sweden. Uh, all the infrastructure is in place, the buses arrive on time, uh, the schools have their classrooms neat, they, they, they have libraries and laboratories and all the teachers with all the skills necessary. So the kind of journalism uh, and issues that uh, the Norwegian uh, media would be uh, concerned about would not be about those issues. It would be about whether the moose animals, uh, the population of the moose animals is going up or down. Mm, f- fair enough, then, yes. Yeah. Is there more of those in the road at night and stuff like that? Whereas here at home, the, the more uh, pertinent issues that confront us as a nation is still the issue about provision of infrastructure where children are still learning under trees. So if there is a brand of South African journalism, it would be defined by the issue uh, um, that that we are covering and not necessarily about whether we stray away from what is known in journalism as the five W's and the H, which means what yeah. happened, where, when, why. Okay, that, that's a good point. I mean, so some may say the five W's and the H are, are, are the obvious things that has to be done anyway. But Janine, yeah. let, let, let me bring you in on this one. So consider, let, let's, let's work on the premise and that's what we should be doing anyway. But outside of that and reflecting that certain countries have different, different issues that are important to that country, do we have this, this unique South African style in, in, with regard to journalism? Um, Ashraf, I think we do. I'm actually working right now, I'm deputizing for the editors of Swazi International Daily and Weekend Newspapers. And I, I, I decided to get involved in this because the Swazi media are very much, uh, they very much put track what's going on in the mountain kingdom itself. In fact, even the style of journalism reflects that in all of their stories. When I, when I edit their pieces, I immediately have to put myself in their readers' shoes. And I think to perhaps a lesser degree, our mainstream newspapers do the same. I mean, I can think of the Daily Sun. The Daily Sun is obviously a tabloid read. Uh, mm-hmm. Some people like it, some people hate it. But I think it's very much reflective of, or I think it's very much a newspaper for the people who read it. I think our... Our bigger nationals, our mainstream newspapers, tend to perhaps not necessarily focus on pure South African journalism per se, but to do what Matata Tzedi said, and that is to follow, you know, the news of the day and to inform people. Obviously, hopefully, the newspapers, and I think they do, inform their readers of, of what is what is pertinent and relevant in a, in a South African scenario. Mm-hmm. All right, Wellington Radu, let, let me bring you in, Head of Programs at uh, Media Monitoring Africa. In, in terms of your monitoring, what, what, what do you see? I mean, do you, do you see a trend in, in terms of the way that South African journalists go about their work? Okay, let me let me start by highlighting that what Matata and Janine have said is is I think it's in good it's indeed correct. And I just wanna put a twist to it. Which is to say I'm not sure if there is um survivorgan journalism, right? But um I think journalism is just journalism in exactly like what Matata has said. Mm. But I think what we need to do is to start building a sense of what it means to be South African. And what do I mean by that? 
and how do we achieve that? I think what media starts to what what media needs to start doing is to reflect South Africa in all its diversity. That is not to say that media should be covering only good stuff. But whether good or bad, as long as media is covering those issues in their diversity, and not only just being critical with a negative sort of like mindset, but being critical in a con- in a constructive mindset, which is to say that in as much as you report on corruption, in as much as you are in- investigating issues around, um, let's say, maladministration, you need to also look at what's being done. What are the solutions? Because research around uh, how audiences engage with media reflect that people often are less not feeling positive or really mm-hmm. feeling disempowered. If media just focuses on corruption and not reflecting on what's being done about it, because obviously there are things that will be done about it, but sometimes you tend to miss this. Now, coming to your question around uh, our monitoring and whether South yeah, Africa is yeah. reflecting um, a sort of like trend, I mean, if you look at media coverage generally, there are some similarities and there are also some differences. And like Janelle was saying, if you look at Daily Sun style, it's often one that we feel that sometimes it often looks at audiences or assumes that audiences sometimes are quite stupid and they don't understand what real issues are going on because of the lack of depth. But there are obviously other good investigative pieces that you get and there are pockets of excellence across the country and across various newsrooms. So that's a good thing and it should be celebrated. Okay, there's a, uh, an SMS from Brian saying South African journalists often break a story but there seems to be no follow-up. What was headlines today is forgotten by tomorrow. A headline, a goat got me pregnant, is in the Daily Sun, is also uniquely South African. That's quite interesting, and I quite remember that particular headline. Anyway, that's what we're talking about, as a unique South African journalism style. Do we, do we have it? Should we have it? I mean, are, are, we, are we sort of knocking on the wrong door with regard to this? And, and why should we not if we do or we don't? Either way. Three guests, you've heard the voice of Wellington Rado. We also have Janine Lesler with us. And Matata Tedu is with me, Executive Director of the South African National Editors Forum. Now, I want to go back to your, to your original point. I mean, I think in terms of reporting on, on you know, successes and, and being investigative, I think, Matata, that, that's a given, isn't it? I think the more important one in terms of when we talk about a unique South African style is, is possibly looking at a point of reference. Do, do you agree that, that far too often our points of reference with regard to success is, uh, is premised by by a European or, or a Western model. That means if it's okay with them, it's okay with us. And that's where the problem rises. You, you, you're asking me? Yes, that's right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Um, that, that, that's one of the, the, the major problems, that uh, um, as, as a people, having been colonized by the UK, uh, and therefore, from instances of law and other cultural issues, the uh, reference framework is still very much European and UK. So you find uh, a lot of the media that is uh, <clears throat> still in the hands of white liberals uh, that see any and everything that happens in the UK uh, and, and Europe and the West generally mm-hmm. as the standard um, uh, through which uh, everything else must be measured. But that is not the instance of each and every media in this, in, in this country. There are other uh, uh, publications and institutions, mm-hmm. radio and, uh, uh, and things like that, that, that are taking a, a completely different uh, framework. Mm-hmm. But 
uh, if you talk what we generally call mainstream, uh, which is really the Johannesburg, Cape Town, Durban-based uh, uh, major publications, you will find that in the main, the, the Western framework is the reference point. And that mm-hmm. is really uh, uh, the, uh, the tragedy of, of, of our time. Because, you know, it's interesting, I mean, yourself, uh, Matata, just staying with it, being the former editor of the City Press, the time I started buying the, the City Press was when that tagline became, I think it was distinctly African. It spoke to me to say, I need to buy this paper if I need to know what's happening in my continent. So, so to what extent is, is our, our moves then, uh, you know, being put forward to change that, that paradigm? So to certainly quote others, but they can't be exclusively that only to the expense of a whole range of different cultural differences, not just in Africa, but throughout the world. Yeah, uh, and it would not talk to a brand of South African journalism. It would speak to the kind of content that uh, uh, you carry. When we were uh, running the paper uh, with the team and uh, we had that tagline of distinctly African, we went all out to try and find columnists from uh, the continent and uh, mm-hmm. stringers and correspondents uh, where we stopped taking uh, a copy about Guinea from AFP and we would try mm-hmm. and find somebody in Guinea to write that story for us in French and we would then trans- get a translator into English, which is an expensive and difficult exercise mm-hmm. because in front of you is sitting an AFP story that was done for a, a, a French audience, which you can just take and plonk on your space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you need a commitment to say this country is not an island, it's not a part of Europe that finds itself uh, attached to some funny continent. You have to start by accepting that you are actually part and parcel of this continent and you need to reconnect with it properly. And that means giving people a picture of this continent that is not sunshine, but that is real. So if uh, al-Bashir is killing people in Darfur, it must be you who say so first. Not, and, not somebody else, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah and not somebody not. else. And if uh, somebody else is doing very good work, uh, some leader somewhere is doing very good work, it must also be you who comes out with that story first. Okay, the question is how. Hassan will get to you in a second. AP Molef is saying, I think South African media is still shy. Once we have broken the shyness, I think it will start to show. I'm not sure what you really mean by that, because many others believe that South African media is, is very, very robust indeed. So Hassan, in a second, Janine Lezos, let's just pick up again on that. I mean, your, your thoughts, your experiences in terms of the... Of, of the paradigms that, that we have and, and who we quote as reference points and whether that actually makes a difference at all. Okay, Ashraf, I've got, I've got sort of three contributions to make here. Is, um, one is obviously right now, uh, and I'm going to use Swaziland as an example, mm-hmm. one, of the, uh, one of the issues that was raised during an editorial conference is do the Swazi reporters, um, they're writing for English language newspapers across the, the daily, the, the Saturday and the Sunday editions. But should they, when they are out in the rural areas and are speaking to people, is it for them to use occasional Siswati words? And the decision made by the editors is sometimes it is important because it's lost in translation. Mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. It's very difficult sometimes to translate something into exactly what what the inference was. Mm -hmm. So I think 
that that really reflects, um, I think it's important to keep the newspaper English because it is, I mean, to keep the newspapers English because they are English, but to reflect um, um, very much uh, uh, um, that kind of Swazi feel. And I must also talk um, um, and agree with Matata. Um, I did four years of work, um, not consecutively, but I did four years of work doing media training in Karachi in Pakistan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And their, their English language newspapers do exactly what Matata is talking about. And that is they report on issues through the eyes of the Western media. Mm, mm, mm. Um, and, and there was quite a lot of criticism coming from one of the leading columnists there saying, yes, you know, there is violence and we are a country in transition, but let's also have a look at what we are doing. Let's start seeing, you know, our, our columnists, our stories, our things that are, are distinctly Pakistani. The question of, of resources is obviously a very, very important one. Hassan, let's get your thoughts quickly. Hi, Hassan. Hi, I want to uh, suggest maybe some uh, themes for for broader public discussion. I mean, Mm -hmm. the one is when looking at the media, not simply to look at print and and, uh, television, Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. because uh, uh, I mean, Matata raises the in the general, I'm I'm in agreement. But I was in Norway doing some union work a few years ago, and there uh, activists were fighting about uh, their cinema being challenged by Hollywood, and they wanted a very distinctly European cinema Mm -hmm. part of Mm -hmm. that. So there are struggles, and they are reported in a certain way. Talking about Spain, uh, and I won't talk about my team that lost, but but uh, uh, we, I'm struck when I see family there, how the news covers Africa in such a different way. I mean, half, a lot of the news there have television footage of people dying to get into Europe. We don't even discuss those kind of things. Maybe it's too far up Africa. So I think it's right, but there are some things that they do that we don't do, and it's something that we do, which aids the master, the former master, as mm, I said. Mm, but, mm. but, so I'm just thinking there should be a broader discussion. My final issue that I want to throw in here is about the rights of, 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 of the audience, readers, writers, and callers. I mean, it's a serious discussion in all the radio stations, and, 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 and the discussion that uh, you had about Copeland and others trying to ape uh, uh, or follow what the SABC is doing mm, is mm. clearly an issue right and there they fight it all over the world the corporate interest uh, uh succumbing to political interest these are perennial issues that traverse the continents and and you know okay good, good point i'll move on because i think you make an important one we'll probably talk about this some other time the rights of the callers the rights of the listener the rights of the tweeter someone said the other day to me ashraf you're not tweeting my stuff at all and i said well Time is a problem and we need to pick out certain things and, and uh, something that's all thought-provoking and this person felt very offended. It gets me thinking about it some other time too. We'll maybe do it some other day too. Another one, uh, South Africa, perfectly seen as in Kandla Palace. You see another view that's, uh, that's there. Sig, we're coming to you in a minute. Wellington Ruddle, let, let me bring you back in from Media Monitoring Africa. What, you know, how, in, in terms again of your analysis, has, has the media changed? I mean, in, in the last 20 years from now, besides reporting on facts and doing investigative journalism, which I think South Africans generally do, we're talking about style in terms of understanding that do we need to look at things differently compared to how that, that European and Western model does it? Does, does your research suggest that at all, Wellington? Look, I think we are far in a better position than we were, let's say, 20 years ago. Um, that's, that's what it is. However, this issue about a Western paradigm is not only unique to media. If you look at academia, for instance, you, you remember long ago it was around this narrative of Africa, the dark continent. Now it's around this narrative of Africa, the rising continent. Now the question that you need to be asking yourself is rising for who? Because if you really look at 
all most of, of the analysis around that. It's Africa rising for a particular group with a particular um, sort of like perspective and a class that essentially benefits from what um, Africa is actually doing in terms of the economy and the majority of people being left out. So it's not only unique to, to, to media. But I think how do you, how do we, how do we change this as as media? How do we change this 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 paradigm? I think one of the things that we need to do is to embrace technology because technology allows us to do things that we would not have been able to mm-hmm. do uh, previously. You know, so things like Africa Check, for instance, would help uh, kind of like model or contribute to some form of South African journalism. We have developed tools like uh, News Tools and WasiMap that essentially help journalists to write uh, stories from wherever they are by just simply looking at what, what's happening in the country. So things like that would really help uh, media start trying to, to write from the South African lens. Because for me, a South African journalism is a journalism that essentially says, this is South Africa from a South African mm. eyes and how they perceive it. And, and and so so it should be. Someone quoted, by the way, and I, I know that uh, uh, Hassan spoke about his team, and I know he's a big Barcelona fan. But someone made the point about uh, quoting some soccer scores from England and, and referred to north of the border, which can only mean someone from England referring to a game in Scotland. That type of disconnection that I think is important. Sick quick one from you, hi. I I, I I am seriously shocked by Matata and Sedu, who was such a great hero of, of our journalism and 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 uh, uh, why, why, why are you shocked get, get to it I challenge him to 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 prove his horrible claim that 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 us that our south african media are dominated by western ideology to the detriment of our citizens what they are dominated by what you see in today's paper being revealed and last week's sunday press being revealed is utter total corruption and 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 this is what our papers are coping with these are ideals of democracy which has gone down drain down the drain and the rule of law which has gone down right, the now drain. we're moving into another area okay you made the point Let, let's let's get matata to respond uh, so thanks for that call uh, matata go ahead your response yeah uh, <clears throat> i think i should say to think that uh, that is not what i'm saying at all uh, what, what i'm talking about are the uh, frames of reference the the, the stuff you were talking about uh, uh, Ashraf about the score uh, uh, on, mm. or, or, or for the English Soccer League. Mm. You, you it, today uh, on 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 SAFM in the news, uh, a story you can tell that the story is obviously either a Reuters or uh, or somebody else story because it says about Botswana that these Southern African countries. Okay, now, where is Botswana in Southern Africa? Yes. Of yeah, you know, no, no South African who is writing a story for the SABC would use that kind of expression. But it also means that this, the uh, uh, editing desk at the SABC it's not even bothered by that kind of uh, reference that takes Botswana's story out of the context of being a neighbor to us. So th- this is what I'm talking about. I'm not saying that corruption should not be uh, uh, exposed. It must be. Uh, but the context is also important. We come from a system that was corruption co- codified. Apartheid was corruption codified. And its legacy still lives with us. And, and 
when people do things that are wrong, we should say so. We should be the first no, ones in the want, media yeah. to, to say that. But the picture of South Africa, it's not just a picture of a South Africa that is corrupt. There's a lot of good change that is also happening. So there's a need for balance, what I would call affirmative reporting, where you make a decision that in my a medium. I am going to make sure that all the negatives that I can get, I will put out there. But also, I'll go out and find all the positives. So that the picture that people get, whether they are reading, listening, watching, or whatever, it's a balanced picture of what this country really is. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think the key point is putting it into context. Okay, I'll get one quick call, then I'll get my three guests to just wrap up on one point only. So they're in charge of changing South Africa's style, journalism style. What would they do? Uh, Sally, quick one from you from Cape Town. Hi. Hi. Uh, morning, Ashraf. Morning. morning, Matata and your team. It's an old thing. If you control the media, you control the mind. In the apartheid era, it was Naspers that controlled all the press and gave the news. I would like to ask Matata, who's there today, if you look at the Platteland, you're talking of national papers, but in every Platteland town, it's totally controlled by Naspers and Kexton. Any small guy that starts, Naspers comes in, cuts the price, and makes sure that they put them out of business and buy the paper. The competition council doesn't exist. They control everywhere, and not a single one says a thing about it. Okay, in fact, you're saying so now. I'm going to cut you short, no, no, only please, because... Uh, I should yeah. have just one more item. Quickly, right? He said very clearly now, I want to firstly say that we are very fortunate we live in a country where we are really free to say what we want. But why is it always that we are free to say how bad what government does, but nothing about big business? Why is Matata and all the team so silent about big business? Okay, got that. Thanks for that, uh, Solly. Not sure we can get uh, answers to all of them. I'll tell you what, let let me start with with Wellington, just to wrap up then. Anything you may want to say, just final thoughts, and to play around that idea of that style. Maybe you can throw in ownership as well in response to Solly's call. Look, there are a lot of things, but I think what I need to just stress is that media, whether we like it or not, do affect what we what we think. Um, and I think what we need to start doing is to start embracing technology and using it in a way that takes the country forward. Because honestly, like issues around ownership are still um, a thing that we need to be addressing. And aside from that, content and context are issues like um, the, the other contributors have been saying are issues that we need to be grappling with. Okay, got that. That's it. Janine Lazarus, your final thoughts? Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm conflicted, Ashraf. Mm. I've, I've heard what Matata has said and I've heard what Wellington has said about bad news and, and portraying, you know, um, and, um, more positive stories. I'm, um, I just believe that people have a right to know what's going on. I do believe that they need to be tempered with what is going right as well as what is going wrong. But I think if we, if we, if we need to, if we need to stop almost being perceived by the, the West as, as, a, as a continent that really is a den of iniquity, mm, that's mm, about mm. despotic governments and rigged elections and all those kinds of things. We do need to take ownership of our own stories, but I think we need to also be mindful of the fact that they're universal stories. Those, I mean, whether they come from the West or whether they come from our backyard, they're universal stories. And simply because we want a purer form of South African journalism doesn't mean that we should avoid those stories. Okay, got that. Uh, uh, Matata said, let's just, you can respond to that last, well, your final thoughts and the issue of ownership. How important is that in 
in delivering the story the way groups of people wanted to have it delivered? Well, ownership is important, but it's, sometimes it's not even important. Um, the, the owners start publications or media uh, institutions trying to find a niche where they will make their money. And they will then go out and find the news that will attract that uh, uh, um, uh, target market. That That's really it. Um, if, if you look at um, some of the places where there were black people in very senior positions who got into media, never changed the policy of the publications, uh, they continued mm-hmm. uh, 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 the same way as before. So it, it just shows that it is about the goose that is laying the golden egg and, uh, uh, and people look after w- w- what they are able to get out of it. As for uh, Solis' point um, <coughs> about uh, companies like Naspers gobbling up the smaller guys, uh, I was privileged to, to work with the, the print and digital media transformation task team and those points came out quite uh, uh, forthrightly in the uh, inputs that people made and there are recommendations that were made by the PDMTTT about what needs to be done. And, and, and hopefully we'll hold that thought about recommendations for some other time. Thanks for your time. It was appreciated. Matata Tzedu. Uh, before that, Janine Lazarus and uh, Wellington Rado. It's a fascinating issue and I think some of the other parts, the, the role of a talk show host, We'll talk about it some other time and see how, how we can get it interesting. The role of the caller, the responsibilities that we have, or the caller's responsibility as well. I've certainly made a note. We'll certainly tackle it in some days.